Maybe. I don't know. Hi, this is Wendy Steinberg, your host for the Caffeinated College Coach. And today we have a very special guest, Sarah Mizrahi. Did I say your name right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, go me. Anyway, and Sarah is actually a very successful jewelry designer. And I'm going to have her introduce herself a little bit and tell us how she um, got to where she is today. So welcome. We're delighted you're here. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Um, well, so I'm Sarah Mizrahi, and my business is called Sarah Sella Jewelry. Um, Sella kind of became an inspiration. It went through iterations. I was really using my initials for a long time and then just needed something a little bit different. So um, Sarah, of course, being my first name, and then Sella meaning stone in Hebrew. So it just kind of felt nice and right and like a little bit whimsical all at the same time. Yeah. Um, but originally, originally... Um, I started making jewelry when I was a little girl and it kind of became like my go-to craft. Like we'd have my birthdays at my house and, you know, we'd end up, I think at a certain point <laughs> just making jewelry as like the, the thing that we did, like the activity um, for a little while, but it just started out with plastic pony beads and stuff, which some of, some of it my mom still has and wears <laughs> with pride <laughs> all these years later, almost 30 years later. Um, and then as I got older, around 13, um, it was actually like a rainy day and my best friend was over at my house and we were trying to figure out something to do. So uh, my mom actually took us to one of the local crafts, craft stores and we picked some stuff out and went back home. And then I made um, a couple of necklaces with like clay beads and plastic beads, nothing crazy or special, but my friend went just over the moon. Like she was complimenting me and just, she made me feel so good about myself that that kind of cemented what I wanted to do. Cause it was either that or it was being a vet because <laughs> I love animals so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those are my two choices. <laughs> <laughs> cool. okay, so, so um, how did you choose this set besides so, of that so that kind of it was just something for some reason my brother is an artist so I think there's just something in the blood that for me it wasn't about painting or drawing it was just about doing something with my hands um and creating something with my hands as opposed to making amazing amazing art oh my god he's amazing um definitely inspires me to use that creativity in my own way. Um, so that ended up being jewelry. So, and then at 13, I actually then started doing like bingo halls, flea markets, like anything that had, um, and my mom would come with me, like anything that had, you know, just little cheapy stuff. I didn't have anything crazy. Although I still have some funny stories of people's reactions to prices and stuff. Um, I think the first ever one was my mom and I were at one of those bingo halls and it was $5. I wanted $5 for a pair of earrings and a woman came by, was looking at them. I told her they were $5 and she kind of like sprang back just like that and let go and walked away. <laughs> so that was, I think that was my first ever really interesting um, reaction. Did she think but, you were overpriced? I guess. <gasps> oh my God, that's a deal. Um, but for me, for me, it didn't, it didn't discourage me. It just, it made me laugh and just move forward. So as time went on, um, I guess it was around 15, I started working with like seed beads and Swarovski crystals and making mostly necklaces. I made bracelets, like using like these pretty, I have actually gave them to Sophia at one point, just like things that she can play with instead, like yeah. with like emblem glass style. Um, so it progressed at that point, like as I was a teenager, like working into nicer materials and then eventually finding gemstones. So by the time I was in college, um, it, I mean, I went to FIT, so I was definitely surrounded by a lot more of that world. So then moving into gemstones and nicer metals and then just, you know, completely evolving constantly with styles and types of pieces that I made and what I made and how and the storyline to them because I've used these different components and um, with the patterns that I made. So just kind of kept on evolving. So even now it's just evolving um, more so. So kind of into that like um, 
using brass and wood and things that are, um, I mean, I've kind of like recycled pieces also that I've made in the past and just, so kind of just an ever evolving train of events. And then with that finding um, PR to work with, I've definitely made some mistakes, um, but it just kind of, it, in 2010, I think, um, 2010, I started using uh, PR firms. So starting from that, like getting my, my toes in the water and um, sending pieces out. And also at that point, having to figure out what made sense if I was sending something in for a magazine or if it was supposed to go to a celebrity of some kind, you know, at that, like that process of having to not think too much and just think what could be right, what felt right. Um, but then it was really only in the last couple of years working with this other group called the Artisan Group um, that has all these, it's not just jewelry, but anybody who's a creator um, can sign on and then they have all these opportunities. So you can sign on for TV shows, movies, uh, just gifting celebrities straight up. Um, which some of them do not for me, but, um, someone's had repeated success with a couple of names, including Halle Berry, who is very nice and to, you know, to be totally, uh, you know, giving shout outs and being supportive of, of, you know, these small businesses, which is wonderful. Um, so with this group was, I think my biggest success for sure, um, was, being worn on This Is Us last season. Thank you. So that was in season four. I'm so excited for you. So when I first found out, she, I think it was at the end of, um, I must've been like at the end of a take or something. And she was still, it was, I guess it was at the end. It was trying to remember, cause someone had told me that she had posted in one of her IG stories um, and she was wearing my earrings. So I don't know if it was like while she was getting dressed or it was like after the day was done and she was still wearing the earrings and she had posted. So of course I took like a million screenshots and I was going crazy. And that was in December of 2019. Um, so that was insane already. Cause like, okay, I already knew cause I submitted purposely to the show, but then, okay, now I knew, now I knew that it was going to happen, but then when, um, so then it was that season finale in February that she was in the scene and there they were and actually like got like this wonderful close-up of her which was insane and blew my mind um so at this point I've actually shipped those earrings everywhere to the UK to Germany to Tokyo um of course and within the United States and Canada so that was just like mind-blowing in and of itself so even the you know a year and a half almost later I'm still able to capitalize on it which is awesome but it's also like <laughs> like that fangirl kind of oh absolutely so you just gave them earrings you didn't get paid for yeah. them or no. Does that, no no you sign up so I mean that's the hard part for it is you're signing up so you're paying of course for this opportunity so you have to be very careful with what you're choosing making sure that it's something sustainable and if you're lucky enough to then having to make pieces to sell, and that's when you figure, you know, capitalize on it. That um, it's something that you can actually do. So I was lucky enough that being in the setting that it was with the show that it is, it made it worth it for me big time. That even though I had to pay, you know, to submit for the show, mm -hmm. it made total sense I actually I had submitted a couple of other items which I mean there's only one more season um so who knows if they'll be worn there was a necklace and another pair of earrings but part of it also is sometimes costume designers will work with other projects and they're especially like um Hallmark and Lifetime there are other opportunities and sometimes these costume designers will then take those pieces with them and utilize them somewhere else so um, that's why the group has spotters. They have spotters for each yeah. kind of show and movie. So they have the photo album and then they can keep track. And that way everybody make, you know, gets to make sure that if their product was worn, that they can use it and, you know, just completely PR the heck. <laughs> 
So, I mean, it, it's all a gamble, um, yeah. but it's, it's worth it considering what they, what this group offers. And it's mostly small business owners um, and small business owners who are run by women. Um, it's, it's nice to be a part of it because in the group also, there's always a chat going on. Everybody's very supportive of each other, asking questions, helping each other, um, trying to spread the good vibes you know, people share each other's tweets and stories and posts and whatever else so everybody kind of shares and everybody's success a little bit of jealousy sometimes of course <laughs> yeah it, it doesn't it doesn't hurt no matter what to to have all these people you know in your network of course so right. everybody can help each other it's the biggest thing that you can possibly do for somebody is help boost them up you know and and it's just it's really nice to be a part of the group so you've made the same pair of earrings to send all over the world? Yes. How long, <laughs> that's, an, that's beyond. Yeah. So like, how long does it take you to make a pair of that? Not as much time as it used to take because it's it's a lot of like this little threading for the wire. Um, so I think it could still take me up to like, um, I guess it could still take up to a half hour, but I could also work faster than other people. Um, so for me, I have to use like this fine wire in it. Very long. Every time I touch my face, <laughs> does she need her nails polished? Because that's yeah. important. I will cut them later, sweetie. They're actually not that long. <laughs> I think honestly, Sophia just wanted to say hi. Oh, I can't believe how big <laughs> she's gotten. Yeah. It's insane. She's gonna be five. <gasps> what? In a month and a half. She's gonna be five. Oh my gosh! Are we having a birthday party? We're trying, we're trying to plan one, yes. That's going to be very exciting. Especially since, thankfully, this year, <laughs> this year, we can. Yay! So that's, that's what we want to do. Thanks, sweetie. I love you. Good night. <laughs> Go ask off, okay, sweetie. Delicious. Yeah, she can. So then... Like how long do you tell your your clients or the people buying from you how long it'll take? Because you have to send it to so if I'm going. so if I'm lucky, um, usually I'll do anything during Adela's nap because she's still oh. napping. Oh, so God. Yeah. at this point, if depending when I get an when I get the order in, either I'll do it while she's napping or I'll do it after they're asleep. Uh, most people. Um, unless they request faster shipping, aren't like so crazy about it. Cause I do anyway, um, post, you know, please allow for natural variations and for extra time for shipping for certain products. Yeah. So people aren't usually too, um, you know, crazy about it. They're more relaxed and they're okay with, you know, I think also understanding process that's handmade and, um, that it can take time and labor. So yeah. they're usually pretty calm about it. There was only one time. I sent a pair of them to England and they actually had the, the last pieces of quartz, like the original quartz that I used for the earrings that Mandy Moore wore. So I made them special because he said that she was a huge fan and they were total surprise for her birthday. So I sent them um, through Etsy because he had ordered it through Etsy. Um, but the problem was that um, first it because it's USPS, but then if it changes to like this different service, so we were both trying to track it. We were going absolutely crazy. And I felt terrible and he felt terrible. And then it finally got there almost, it was at least two months later and they finally got there and he waited, he waited long enough. And then he finally told her what he got her. So that way she understood that he had gotten her something very special, but it took over two months for them to finally get there. And we couldn't track it. Oh my gosh. It was just literally just praying that they got there. Um, so thank God they also got their safe and sound. They weren't Amazing. you know, chipped or ruined in any way because you honestly never know. But I from now on, uh, now on, I honestly like to ship worldwide. I only really, you, I've had really good luck with USPS. Um, you could also actually track it, which is awesome. So as much yeah. as I love Etsy, um, that was not a great thing because <laughs> I was very lucky that he was okay with it and yeah. together yeah, yeah. we worked as a team. So, you know, cause like, it's important for me as 
the merchant to obviously, right. you know, customers always right kind of thing. But um, he also was just very, he was good about it. He was really good yeah. about it and patient about it. So I like when I can do that with customers, like we work as a team, like either if it's, you know, if it's custom order or just making sure that they're getting the product when they're supposed to get it. Right. But that yeah. was, that was one of my like scariest, yeah. it's like the constant waiting and trying and contacting and, oh, I hate those. Cause like, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do that to somebody. You don't want them to make them wait. You don't want them to to worry and especially for a birthday present (laughs) well so this was in December of 19 but you just posted something today on Instagram that another was it still Mandy Moore who is wearing another no it was was the same it was oh but it was this really good shot um somebody um I guess you know photoshopped or what have you you know to have the picture of her um, from the show with the earrings so you could actually get a clearer shot um, but it was because I had gotten another order so every here and there I like to also put it back out there because obviously you know it does make the rounds people are you know just watching it now or they're catching up or whatever mm-hmm. it is so it's like in constant circulation so um, getting that order again today is just again it's like the, you know that feeling of pride where you know like those are mine like she has something of mine that I touched and that I made and um now That's somebody amazing. else is going to be getting them in Jersey this time <laughs> it was just it was just some more it was just some more pride so I just wanted to share that again um just to uh remind people also that if because some people specifically of course look for pieces worn on TV shows that I'm one of them. <laughs> Absolutely. So um, when you, how did you get into FIT? Cause that is like fiercely competitive. Um, you know, everybody I know who's applied there is like, did you have a portfolio? Like, yes. what did you, was it like fame where you had to audition, you know? Um, so I, um, I had an interview with the Dean of the department. So my department was for, for jewelry design. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a portfolio. I had, um, I, there were some pieces that we had made in high school in art class. So I had like this collage using um, uh, pieces of different fabrics and stuff. So I, uh, I wish I, I don't know, my mom may still have it for all I know, but um, I kind of, made accessories it's just like on a board but had made accessories using uh you know these swatches um i also had stuff from um they actually have i don't know if it's for all majors they had a summer that you could go i think you had to be a junior or or older that you can go for a summer and have classes um, so, you know, not like just more relaxed atmosphere. So I um, had some of the pieces that I made there. So you're like where you're starting to learn about soldering and sawing and polishing and like the basics of, of making jewelry. Um, so I had some pieces from that. Um, what else did I use in my portfolio so many years ago already? Um, did you have to leave it with them? No, I'm pretty sure I was able to take it home. I mean, he reviewed it. The dean reviewed it with me there, um, and he actually complimented me on my color on my color palette um, and my color matching, which was I did not expect and I never thought about. So, right. getting that kind of compliment from the dean um, of the department was very uplifting. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so I just had I had pieces like that, things that I had either made in art class or at home. Um, pop probably had some drawings. I actually loved at one point to sketch dresses and gowns. Um, at one point I, I loved to do that. So I think I had also added some of that in just to get some design perspective. Um, I'm pretty sure they had listed requirements or like things, um, you know, suggesting what you should bring and show. Um, I probably did bring some jewelry in general that I had made at home. Um, you know, just at that point, it just would have been um, seed beads, crystals, probably some stone at that point. Uh, so I think it was just, you know, it was a mixture of, of actual 
pieces and you know material pieces and then and then some of my drawings and other work from art in high school because I did very well in art in high school um so I think I'm pretty sure that was my portfolio and how soon after how soon after your interview did you get accepted couldn't have been too long um, I don't remember what their process was like. This was back in 2003. Um, I remember I was, I was definitely nervous, but it was like, he, you know, he was very good at just, you know, like, okay, we're, you know, just looking at stuff, making it kind of casual. Um, but it was also helpful going to that summer program. So I was able to already get um, an idea of what to expect. Although, of course, the program itself was much more intense because you're learning so many skills at once. Um, I'm trying to remember, I after the interview, this was so long ago. I don't think it was too prolonged. Um, but I mean, I, I mean, I expect, I, mean, I kind of had expected to get in because you seemed so positive. Right. Um, right. But I did apply anyway to a couple of other colleges that I could also switch to, um, if I, you know, into their program too, stuff like that. Um, but I don't think they dragged it out. So by this point, I mean, you started at 13. Did you start buying your own tools and things like that? Because you were telling me you're um, learning how to use different materials and metals and stones. So that obviously might require different yes tool sets right so yeah so first were pliers pliers okay. and you know well scissors although they're a special kind of like specialized kind of scissors but um pliers were the very first thing like round nose uh, chain nose any any small pliers were the original steps and, and then wire cutters um and then other things that are um, like crimping pliers which can make that little closure at the end if you're using like a string. Um, so those were the first, all of the first tools and one of which I, I've had forever and it feels like a second hand. Yeah. Because uh, that's how, you know, like just using it all the time is just, it becomes part of you. Um, of course, at FIT, then you're learning torches and saws and a whole, you know, and different, well, filing and polishing come with different types of um, if you're doing it by hand or if you're doing it by machine, those are all whole do you, bunch. <laughs> do you own all this now that you know? No, I wish. I own a flex shaft, which is a, um, it's basically a motor that attaches, um, you have it usually up high and then it comes down um, and then it's just a hand tool with a pedal. So you use your foot on the pedal so you have your hands free. Um, and that would be the tool that you you could use it for drilling and polishing and other things. It's just like a, oh. it's just like this, almost like the size of a, not, well, I mean, it's obviously it's a thick, be like, you know, it's like this nice thick piece like this. Oh, you're, wow. you know, you're free to use your hands with it because you're using your foot for the speed um, and the motor is up high, so it's not in your way. And it's just, so it's called, that's why it's called flex shaft, flexible shaft. Um, so that I still have. Um, soldering, I used methane and oxygen. That's what I used at school. So, um, it's, it's a different process to get a torch set up at home because you need to also go through with the fire department and there are also different kinds of torches and, you know, everything has to be very safe. Um, but I used a whole bunch of different tools and it was so much fun and I actually want to go back um, for a summer course or two, or just in general, a class yeah. to actually get back into that, into that space. Um, Cause it really is just so much fun. I, I just love it so much. <laughs> Was it a four year program? Two, two years. Oh. And then you can switch into accessories. So I only did the two year program, the associates, because it just accessories weren't my thing. What's a, um, what do you mean by accessories? Cause I'm thinking jewelry. Handbags and shoes. <gasps> oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> Go back for shoes. I honestly, I honestly did enjoy sketching shoes. Um, when I would sketch oh. gowns and dresses, I would make like little sketches of, of heels. Um, but it just, it wasn't what I 
wanted to do. So unfortunately it was only a two year program. And that was the one, the one knock for sure I have on the program is you need to prepare, unless they've changed it, which I doubt, but um, you have to prepare yourself. Um, you know, if you're looking into the program, decide if that's something that you're okay with, or if there, there's another program attached that you want to go to or a different yeah. program altogether. So it definitely has to be part of the process. And um, being there and realizing how much we were learning and it only being two years, I would have I would have changed my mind a little bit for sure because it was a lot. It was a lot and there's so much still to learn. So it was in the end for me, it was hard having to only, you know, only having that much time to do it. Um, mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's definitely something to take into account that unless they've changed the program, right. you know, just be aware of, of the timeline. So when you apply to these PR organizations and you pay, they know you went to FIT, right? Do you have to give um, them your resume? That on my, I mean, I usually have that on my general, in, like in my general information. Um, I don't. I, the first PR firm I ever worked with found me at a market I was doing, um, and I worked with them for a while, and they definitely got me some good opportunities, um, and I learned a lot. But it was definitely like looking back at it now, of course, um, definitely some things I would have changed. Uh, and then um, there was someone I worked with just for a couple of years because she was actually kind of new to the to doing anything that had to do with jewelry. Um, but I met her through someone and um, she helped me also kind of in my like guide me without her knowing it, like guide me in what products I should probably, you know, be changing into and evolving into to make it more sellable and yeah. not wholesale, but something that I can produce more easily for myself. Um, Cause I, I do have to think about you know, in a way, like a bigger, you know, bigger picture of being able to hopefully be in stores and things like that. Because I have been in stores here and there from New York, uh, through Cincinnati, and now here. So it, it, you do have to be able to have certain perspective on not where you want to be like this mass producing wholesaler, but, you yeah. know, making things doable. Um, so well, from that lived, person when you lived here you had a you had stuff at a shop in centerville right yes yes so was that your pr firm that got you that no i had gotten that because i was selling at finley market and um one of the owners at the of the shop it was her and her mom and she was there um oh. with her boyfriend and she bought from me and first she actually bought pieces from me to sell at the store and then when they were changing the outlet, well, they didn't change it completely, but they were trying to just figure things out. Uh, they had a bunch of local businesses then kind of lease spaces in the store. Mm -hmm. um, so then I started leasing a space. So I actually had much more product there. Um, and then um, of course, before we moved, then I had taken everything out, but um, it worked out at the time anyway, because um, at that point they lost the lease. Somebody bought, bought oh, the property oh, wow. and they had to leave. Yeah. So unfortunately I, at that point, you know, took, you know, had to take everything out, but I mean, they were okay with it. It was kind of sad because all these businesses had come together and, um, but they were still mm -hmm. trying to, at that point, you know, create another venture, but then COVID happened. So, um, sadly it worked out, I think for them as well, because that just would have been such a hit, you know, just like oh, all sure. these small businesses. Um, but I had found, they found me through Finley market. Um, but I hadn't used that, um, that middle PR person for a while anyway, because once we had moved to Cincinnati, it was just a little bit difficult because she was yeah. back in New York. It was just kind of difficult anyway to, to keep it up, but she, my design perspective a little bit um and then I joined the artisan group in 2018 2018 um so I I sent I've sent some pieces to 
big names, although, of course, you have to wait for that opportunity if they actually, right. um, you know, where are your pieces? But I've sent to Jennifer Lopez. I've sent, I've sent to Scarlett Johansson. Um, I've sent to Zoe Kravitz. Um, I've sent to uh, Catherine Schwarzenegger and Jessica Simpson and Kate Hudson um, and um, Hilary Duff and her sister. Um, I've sent to who just recently, uh, Danielle Fischel, um, oh my gosh, who just recently got stuff, Gigi Hadid, um, oh my gosh, oh my, I'm forgetting, there's a lot, because we did like these special mother, they have like these special uh, mother day, Mother's Day packages that they have every year, so um, I did it a couple years ago, and then I just did it this, this past year, this, this Mother's Day, um, so there was Emma Roberts was on there and there were like a whole bunch. So, and even that, you don't necessarily know who you're going to get. And one of them was possibly going to be Mandy Moore. Right. Um, but for whatever reason, she either didn't sign on or they couldn't get her to do it. But that was my real hope was going to be Mandy Moore. Cause I would totally write, like, you know, I wrote all of them personal notes, but I was totally going to write a personal note, you know, like, uh... of course with, her wearing my earrings previously. So that I didn't get to do, unfortunately. She didn't sign on, but that was my big hope for this year. Um, and they actually had done Gal Gadot at one point. I thought, I didn't realize, cause she was pregnant. I didn't realize, um, cause I had, cause they asked like, okay, everybody suggestions, you know, find all these pregnant mamas and let us know. And I didn't realize, I think they had probably done her, you know, within the last year or so that I didn't do it. So they didn't, I was like, shucks. <laughs> the one year that I didn't do it, they had sent to Gal Gadot, but oh well. <laughs> so let me ask, how do you know how to price what you make? Is that something you learn at FIT? Um, did, because it's your time, have. it's your time materials. Yeah all of that. So they help you. Um, they did have a class at FIT. Okay. They had a few classes at FIT that involved marketing, um, pricing that like there were, I think could have been two or three different classes that were about, you know, what you were doing after FIT, which included, um, pricing yourself and marketing and, um, you yeah. know, figuring yourself out in the industry. So, for me, um, I've made it easier for myself using different materials, but um, you do have to, I guess, do a lot of division and multiplication. So if you have a strand of stone, but you're only using so many you know, pieces from that strand, you can use that as your baseline and then um that would you know go for anything that would be you know sterling silver price that out by the foot or you know by the inch however um you know to get an idea in your head of of the basic material cost and then usually labor should be i mean it really depends on the piece like if i'm doing hand knotting like pearls if i'm hand knotting pearls, gemstones, anything, then I charge a lot more per hour, so to speak. Um, but if it's just a simple, you know, simple like this, where I'm attaching something with a jump ring, then for me, labor isn't, you know, mm -hmm. it's just a matter of a moment. So it really depends on the piece. So if it's something that's heavy duty labor, then you definitely need to charge more. But if it's mm -hmm. something that's a simplified you know, quick thing, you know, you have to, you do have to keep it at a lower cost because you, you know, as much as you need to be able to make a profit, you can't expect to ask for too much sure. because people won't, you know, they're not necessarily going to go for it unless you're already an established. Right. You know, What's the most but, expensive piece yeah. you sold? Ooh. Is this too, too invasive? Too invasive? Like no. Okay. Um, I had done, I had done some um, wedding jewelry with, um, it was with hand knotted pearls and a diamond clasp. I think that would have been one of my most expensive. Um, I think, and that would have been upwards of a few hundred dollars. Um, I mean, I do have pieces of course that are more expensive, but I really don't 
have anything that would be over, you know, 250 to 300, because just, you know, if it's, that'd be more about, I guess, about the stone. And if somebody wants solid gold, then that's something that has to be a custom sure. order because gold keeps on getting more and more expensive. And it makes me want to be like Ron Swanson and just, you know, hide gold bars, just somehow have money to have the gold bars and then hide them somewhere. Yeah. And then you have the secret fortune. <laughs> right. Wow. Um, so I think, you know, I think the most expensive singular piece would have just been a few hundred dollars. Yeah, um, yeah, but my, you know, most pieces that I I make things that are from five dollars. I make these little hairpins to, um, you know, like the fuller necklaces and things. So I I really try to keep it safe. Um, yeah. So anything, including those tiny pieces, anything from like five dollars to let's say a hundred dollars, um, would be like the median range of what I'd be having on my table at a market per se. And then you never know. Some people do pick up the more expensive pieces. I've had people buy, you know, singularly a hundred something dollar pieces. And then you have people who, you know, don't necessarily have that money and they're getting things that are more affordable. So right. I think it, it, it doesn't hurt to have options. And for me, I usually have a hard time not taking like my whole studio with me when I go to a market, because if someone wants something, I want to be able to offer it to them. Right. So <laughs> that's usually my problem, but it's, it's good to have have uh, an image and have a design standpoint and just kind of go with yeah. it and don't make yourself, you know, right. it, can, it can get very willy nilly very quickly. So you moved, how did you establish yourself at markets? How did you find them? How did you, I mean, it was COVID, right? So yeah. nobody was doing anything for a little bit there. Um, but at, in Cincinnati, when you were here, you had things, I mean, you were everywhere, but like when you moved to Chicago, like, did you do the legwork before you guys moved or like what, how did you get your foot in the door? So it's only starting for me here. It's only starting with markets opening back up. And a lot of them yeah. happen to be on Saturdays, which doesn't help. Um, so I, I found a few, um, I'll be starting month on Sunday. So I'll be doing a few, um, throughout the rest of the year. Um, I found the store that I'm in right now through one of the local beach shops because um, they're also just a very nice couple and they actually love my kids because actually Adele looks like their grandchild. <laughs> um, he doesn't love your kids, right? <laughs> All right, that's out there. Okay, go ahead. So, <laughs> so um, going there, I actually did some part-time work for them. Um, so getting to know them, getting close with them, but they were very, they were very open from the beginning, like offering me help because knowing that I was new to the area. So they were very helpful with that. So they pointed me in the direction of this store, which is, um, it's called Art and Pop-Up Gallery. So they have a whole bunch of different local artists, people who do glass and ceramic and photography and wow apparel so it's a whole bunch of different types of people of course other jewelry um i think even like th you know things for pets so it's this whole store that's for local artists and i had gone in there and asked questions and i signed up and then um i was on the, i was put on the wait list because they didn't have room and mm -hmm. um uh, just in february they sent me an email um saying that asking me if, if I was still up for it because they had a couple of spots open so I went into the shop and I just picked you know this small space to start um and it's been getting better because I mean you also you know with a store like that you have you know people of course have other options and things so stuff like that you always have to give it time and just yeah. you know don't be too crazy thinking like you're gonna make a million dollars overnight um but I, so I've been there since March and it's got getting better. I actually have to go back there to restock a few pieces. So that's nice because there are some specific pieces that seem to be popular. So I have to restock um, and take, I have to actually check a couple of other things also that I may have to, I think I have to restock, but so those are good things. That's and good then, things. Um, I've been taking Adela into Evanston, which is right next to Skokie. And um, 
that's where that's where that store is but there's that's like that nice little quaint area that has all these shops and everybody supporting local and handmade so i've been walking around and just trying to get my bearings and um also you know asking questions and seeing mm -hmm. if people um, are interested in pop-ups because I know also that's an easier way for people to possibly get in the door. So, you know, yeah. people aren't afraid of having to make this commitment to somebody, mm -hmm. but I'm trying to just be confident when I go in there, just, you know, straight up ask and not be afraid of rejection because that's always very important. You just, just let it go. Just let it go. You got to just do your thing. Don't let That was my question because I'm thinking here you are, you keep going and you're persistent and I don't sense any fear from you, uh, anything. I've gone a lot better. I used okay, to be. Because <laughs> I'm like, you know, if, if Starbucks gives me the wrong coffee, I still drink it, you know, <laughs> so like, it's like, I mean, so you've just become more attuned and, and yes, you know, adept to doing these things. I've learned a lot. I've taught myself a lot. I used to be very bad at selling very bad. I'd be too attached. Hi Simba. I'd be too attached to my pieces. It would be, it would yeah. be hard. It was yeah. hard for me and it would be hard for me to haggle and bargain and you know, mm -hmm. all, all aspects of selling used to be very hard for me. But then mm -hmm. as I, as I got older and, and evolved and also like changing the design of, of my line and, and my focus, I'm afraid you're going to jump on me. Um, <laughs> It, you know, things got easier and I taught myself a lot. And I did go to a lot of stores in my time um, and apply to different stores to be a vendor, to be a part of, you know, part of their line. You have to find that way to fit in, but not compete with their other artists. And that's always very hard. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Um, so even now, like there was a local shop that just opened, but I figured, okay, like we follow each other on Instagram and they like my products all the time. And I like their stuff. I actually got in and then, but they told, they told me, you know, they're looking for something else, blah, blah, blah. So even though I know they like my things yeah. all the time, right? Um, I can't push it. You know, you never know they're new, give them some time, maybe, you know, so it's just, yeah. it's more like, all right, you get a no. Okay. You move on. It doesn't mean nothing can't change just, but you have to be able to move on. Right. Um, right. So there, there's definitely a lot more research I have to do for the area, 100%. Um, although having inns, you know, always helps. But I'm hoping with the couple of markets that I'll be doing also, it'll help start opening connections of, of any kind to the area because I'm basically still a newbie here because right. we moved a month before COVID hit. So um, now is when things are... You know, it, so it's kind of took that year or so gap before things even right. were possible. So it's just, you know, the long and winding road. Yeah. But you like the career path that you've chosen. You yes. find that it is the reward and the return is, is what you want, right? You don't feel like you're putting too much into it and not getting enough out. Yeah. I mean, definitely, of course, it'd be nice if I was actually, you know, making like a full, full salary and, mm -hmm. but, you know, making here and there. So, you know, when, when they do markets again, that, that was a whole game changer. So markets for me have always been, of course, you know, a huge source. So starting markets back up, it also just brings my spirit right. back up because like I, you know, just in my past and my record, knowing how, you know, I was able to do it's like, okay, you know, all right, we had gone through something here. So right. it's, you know, take it easy, but I know it's possible. So um, it gives me that hope and confidence to keep going because I know that it's possible. Well, your display at Finley Market is just so beautiful. I mean, it was beautiful. I miss um, Finley Market. What? I miss Finley Market. It was a really nice market. Yeah, it's, 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 it's very special. And, and knowing that the fall season and the holiday season is starting um are you going to incorporate when you get to these uh, markets like your mandy moore info <laughs> oh for sure oh my gosh i, have, I actually had printed out i need to make one that's really nice so i had printed out some photos for myself but i need to make like a nice little canvas yeah what i need to do honestly because that 
would make total sense to, is to start making enough of them. Because um, of course, 100%, I need to like show that off at, at, you know, at a market. So that's something I need to start considering is just in any input, any point in time that I'm not specifically having to make something, I need to just be stocking up on these earrings. Yeah. And, you know, showing them off 100% at markets. That's that's part of the point of this PR firm is, you know, take it and roll with it. You know, if you've gotten somebody to support your product or if you, you know, there are people who've um, been worn and um, someone has like their their necklace is like worn in every episode of law and order because if the designer loves it that much or if they just find that it works for that character it could become something that's worn in every single episode for that character so you have to you know take it and you know you have to be proper with your wording of course you have to say this has been gifted you know stuff like that but you're allowed to take it you know and advertise it the way you would like to because you should um, <laughs> so you have to you know take it and just keep going so i i recently sent in submissions for a couple of shows um so we'll see once that happens who knows if i you know if i get lucky enough because i decided to just do it um yeah. so i try to i try to be picky but it's hard <laughs> Well, I know you spoke, you spoke because you have this like internal inspiration because you didn't realize on your portfolio that you had this color palette that was amazing that the Dean loved and that you just kind of work from within. Is that really your inspiration when you're creating or where do you get it? Because you're, you have so many diverse pieces, you have hanging, you have little studs that I recently bought, you have necklaces, you have everything. And, and like, where, I mean, is it like 3am and you're like, I gotta get up. <laughs> that happens sometimes. You but know, I stop like, myself. There are times where I found it hard to fall asleep because I was even thinking of like a new kind of display I can make because I've tried to make my own display pieces. Yeah. But like there are times for sure I, like I, I have a hard time falling asleep because I'm trying to like figure out the dimensions in my head and how I'm going to make it and, all, you know, all the tools and all the stuff. Awesome. Um, so I usually end up being inspired by like the actual materials themselves, by the shapes, by the colors, by the textures. Like I've bought, I bought stones. I had stones that I've bought years and years ago and only have recently used because there was something that I found that it just made sense to me with. Um, but I usually end up going like with, with shape texture and color wow. um, I think end up doing it so I guess there is an internal compass for sure that yeah. guides me to whatever it is that makes me happy um, but I think it's just from like the actual you know product of the earth that ends up just making me want to do something with it and mm -hmm. then sometimes I'm not happy with it there are times I take things apart and totally make something new or you know make a different iteration that's like similar but it just makes me happier um, so I think it just ends up being based on whatever's in front of me or, you know, if I'm going to a, a you know, to a, a market or something and I find something, um, when I go to the trade shows and just something about it. So there's actual conventions you go to? And so in Cincinnati, I used to go to Sharonville. They had them a couple of times a year. Um, here I'm, I'm assuming they do. I'm assuming okay. they do probably more in Chicago um, than over here in Skokie, but um, I don't know if they've started to yet, and I have not looked into it because I'd rather wait to make yeah. more money first anyway, because those places are too much fun. Oh, my God. My mom would come with me in New York. Uh, we went everywhere from the Javits Center or to, like, different hotels where they had different shows, oh. different gem shows, trade shows. Oh, so much fun. That sounds like fun. It's like me and Target, right? Just like all the sparkly, shiny things. Oh my goodness. That's oh, I'm, I'm, I'm more than certain there are a ton of them in Chicago, but either yeah. way, I haven't looked into them yet. But I know there were a couple that started um, even earlier this year that were in Sharonville because I got the postcards. Oh, come um, back come back <laughs> come visit i think there's actually we were we were actually hoping to but it doesn't work out very well <laughs> with shoey's schedule but um 
uh, I think they normally actually would have had one in July. Yeah. Um, in Sharonville, there's always one in July and October and, and maybe in March. Um, so I, but I went there a few times and that was good. Like I, I found a lot of product from like a particular vendor there, which was nice. And then you find like also like just these like one of a kind, really, really nice, um, pretty things. Um, unfortunately, what I, what I, what I always, what I still regret is the store that I loved the most in Manhattan. Uh-huh. Um, so I actually trusted them, but they also had like just more one of a kind product. I love the quality yeah. of it. They closed in June of 2019 and I didn't end up going until August because I had my my cousin's wedding um but I wanted to go so badly or like I wanted my mom to somehow go for me and do some shopping from them before they closed so that was that's a shame because I really I still have a bunch of product from from their store and that's where I actually got the original quartz for those earrings. Oh um, wow! Because it was a particular cut of the facets, so I've been able to find the same size and shape, which is wonderful. But it doesn't have that same that same just I don't know. However they however they actually cut and facet the, those quartz that yeah. she's wearing, which is fabulous. And I, I, I let people know like you know please allow for variations, but um, I never knew where they got them. I tried looking for that kind of cut and I never found them again. But so, I mean, at least I've able to get something similar, but that that store really had some beautiful, beautiful things. That's sad. It closed. But at least there is a nice shop now and now moved to Blue Ash. I um, saw it. It's where Snooty's it in Hyde Park. Then it moved to OTR. Yeah. Um, which anyway, if we stayed in Cincinnati, that's where I was going to look into having a, like a shop of some kind because it would have been OTR hundred percent. That yeah. would have been my area. That's um, the place. That's where yeah. everybody is. Yeah. That's where Finley Market is and it's expanding. There are people who've had businesses there and now they're opening up in storefronts around. It's wonderful. Wow. There are a few of them. There's a florist who used to be across from me. Now they have their own shop close by. There was someone who has like, um, like pollen and honey products of some oh, kind that has a shop. And there, I mean, there are a whole bunch of them that now are able to have shops there. It's wonderful. You know, at least they're able to succeed. Yeah. Um, so OTR totally would have been my jam, but now they moved to Blue Ash, which I guess is a good thing that we moved because then it's too easy to go to every day. It is. You'd be going there and then going to Marx's and then, you know, the usual. And but I've found, like, some, I've found some really nice things from them too. Oh, oh my goodness. So you just love what you do. You can hear it. You can see it. And in the quality of your product, it's, it's just remarkable. I really hope. Okay. So tell everybody, do you have a website or is it just Instagram or no, how do we I have find you? I have everything. I have my website. So that's Sarah Sella, S-A-R-A-S-E-L-A.com. Okay. Um, so that's my main site. Then it's also on Etsy. So it's, you know, regular Etsy. If you find me, it's Sarah Sella. And then Instagram is Sarah Sella Jewelry. I'm also on Twitter, but that's not really like my thing. And I also had to restart my account because for some reason they locked me out and I couldn't figure out a way to do it. And <laughs> yeah. And and I'm on like on Facebook also. So it's all Sarah Sella jewelry. So it keeps it very, very easy to find. Um, I feel like I should get one of my business cards and hold it up. Hold it up, man. I'm gonna tag you. Don't even worry. When when this goes live, I'll I'll put it put it in there and, and how people can find you because um, it, it does, you can kind of just see the passion that comes through your product. You obviously, like, I didn't realize what goes into it. Like um, when I'm thinking jewelry making, you know, you go to Michael's and there's that aisle, right? Mm-hmm. But you don't think about what tools go into like I never heard of polishing or drilling through it with the thing you pull down from the ceiling and, and what stones would go with what and what's more malleable and what. Oh, so, you know, I when, be, when things might break. <laughs> right. And then, you know, and then what kind of do you use sterling silver, platinum or gold or just what wire or whatever you're using? I mean, it really is like a science. There's a lot to know. It is. It also going into Michael's, you do need to have a little bit of knowledge because also some products, some metals 
you may have an allergic reaction to. You have to make sure things don't have nickel and lead isn't really an issue. Oh. Um, you have to make sure things, most things are nickel free, but um, if you are sensitive to certain metals, you definitely have to know about it. Yeah. Um, I, I never really suggest getting anything plated, gold plated or silver plated, because in my experience, it just doesn't last long enough. Yeah. And if you do have sensitivities, just don't bother. Yeah. Um, but there is a lot to know about it and then how to work the metals if you're using wire. I mean, there's a whole, you know, there's a whole lot of different things to know with, with working with materials. And then yeah. um, if it comes to soldering and stuff, then there's a whole other, that's a whole yeah. other world um, that I want to get back into really badly. But um, I do everything else and I, I call it cold connection because you're just using your hands. You're not using fire in any way to yeah. create um, but I do, it's called work hardening. So you're, you know, if you're taking wire, you do need, you know, mallets and, and tools and, you know, you need to know when to stop and to not hammer anymore. <laughs> you know, you need it, you need to, to know and, and have certain experience. You have to teach yourself to do yeah. things and just yeah. you know, let yourself figure things out too. There's, yeah, there are a lot of little details that you don't end up thinking about until you you're really just don't. Or thinking about it, to, you know for somebody else asking you the questions. Exactly. Cause you know, I'm listening to you and I'm like, I never thought about this or this, like, it just is, it's mind blowing. And, you know, here you were at 13 and you've created a career for yourself. You've, you've gone to FIT, which is like the mothership. Right. And then no, really, it's like an amazing. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, FIT is one of. I mean, even then, I remember it was so competitive. Yeah, everything. It's so competitive. <laughs> exactly, and here you are. Like you've had success with Mandy Moore, and you're continuing to follow the, those same avenues to continue that success. And it's just so nice to see. I love it. I Thank love you. it. <laughs> so, but definitely, so I don't know if any, everybody understands this, but like we would go to synagogue and Sarah would sit with her kids in and out. My kids would climb all over me, you know, in and out. We would never have time to connect. And so this, this special hour has been amazing because I never get to connect with her anymore now that she's in <laughs> Chicago. Um, I keep waiting for you guys to come and visit your in-laws and no. <laughs> you'll have to give me a heads up and I'll just go on over to your mother-in-laws and hang out and wait for you guys. So. <laughs> we do want to, we really do. Yes. Well, you Doesn't know, it's it worth it driving about five hours with me. But kids. you know what? You're in the you're, Chicago with all the kosher food. Like, why would you come here? You know? We should well, be except for friends you. and family. It's true because <laughs> we even have graders here. <laughs> you do? Yes, but we don't have a Silverton Donuts. Oh my gosh, we have a new Krispy Kreme. It's kosher. Oh my gosh! Uh, I know. Uh, even the drinks, even the fufu frappuccinos, and all that stuff with the extra whip. Uh huh. Uh huh. It's. Off I also heard that there's a new there's a kosher chocolate person. Who is that? I don't know. I saw it in the Israelite. Oh my gosh, I'm slacking. I didn't know. <laughs> like I, I miss Silverton Donuts though. From all the food, I miss yeah. Silverton Donuts. But we you have know what? Raiders by us. But you know, every time we drive by, it's closed, or we don't get there soon enough, and they're sold out. I would. So whenever I would be taking Sophia to school, we'd be driving by quite early in the morning. Right. So every here and there, if I like, sometimes I would just decide like in my head, I'm like, okay, we'll leave like five minutes early, you know, and if we're open, like I'll drive in, we'll surprise Sophia, she'll get something before going to school and I'll get yeah. something for myself. Because <laughs> sometimes they sell out by 8.30 in the morning. Yes, they do. Yes, yeah. they do. And it's like vicious. I feel it's yeah. like, it's like Black Friday shopping. Yeah. You know, I mean, you there are like people there and, and you almost want to just like, you want to like punch them. There are people who go in there and they're just like, they take everything. Like you're there yeah. and there are a whole bunch of donuts and all of a sudden they just have to decide to take whatever's left in the store. Yeah. That happened like twice. It's like, come on, there's a line behind you. That's so unfair. Don't take all the clunkers, you know, and they do. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. You, okay. So this is to be continued maybe with wine later on another time, <laughs> but, um, I'm so grateful you were able to carve out an hour. I know your kids are still up and, 
and mine are too if you haven't heard them well, i'm pretty and sure sophia wanted to say hi because last time she wants she was literally <gasps> staying here with me and she wanted it i mean i told her she may not even remember you because you're just you know from shul here and there oh gosh i and, remember her um, who doesn't remember her so she wanted to see oh. you and she hung out with me last time for like 15 minutes oh and then of course i was giving my kids their <laughs> seventh dinner yeah, so I'm pretty sure that's why she came over before. She finds reasons too. She's laughing. reasons. You know, like she Enough. goes to bed and then all of a sudden you hear the click of the door and you're like, what do you need now? I was that child. I just can't believe she's going to be five. I know. And Adela's oh. going to be two in November. She's Enough. a barrel of monkeys. It's good stuff. She's it's so much stuff. fun. She's so um, much fun. I think oh. on it, you would love her. You would, you would okay, love so her. yeah, I'm just gonna have to come and <laughs> we'll get kosher Chinese and just play with your. Yeah, girl. good Chinese. Oh my gosh, there was one time, and I know nobody really wants to hear all this, but I'm still recording it. <laughs> there was this one time where, when we had Ritz instead of Atara, Ritz did a fundraiser where someone drove up. We ordered all this stuff ahead of time. Someone drove up on a Sunday, picked it up and drove it all back. And we got kosher Chinese one afternoon. And it was like, you would think we had <laughs> never eaten before, right? You're like, mwah, 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 mwah. we were looking at That sounds about right. <laughs> That sounds all right. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm so grateful. I'm going to wrap this up so everybody doesn't hear us catching up, but thank you so much. And um, I'm going to post this and let everybody be inspired by everything that you do.